This is IBTR, Internet Business Growth Radio Solutions on Demand, a division of GrowthWorks Media. Today's podcast is Article 4, Budgeting, sponsored by Green Industry Pros and is part of their series on finance for business landscape owners. I am your host, William Eastman, Senior Consultant with the Greenmark Group, a coaching and consulting firm dedicated to landscape business owners. You'll find on IBTR all of this season's podcast on finance for landscape owners. Here's a quick review of where we've been to date and where we're headed. Article 1 came out a couple months ago on critical financial statements that every business owner needs to understand and review. If you need to look at that, go back to the article or you can check out the podcast. Uh, Article 2 was on staying profitable by creating an understanding throughout the business on how the company makes and keeps money. Article 3, which was in the last issue of Green Industry Pros Magazine, was on accounting and invoicing, and we discussed the two types of accounting and how to make sure you were paid on time. Today is on budgeting, which is the types, budgeting systems, and the purposes for using budgets, and we will talk about how to put one together. Uh, our next article in the next publication of Green Street Pros Magazine is on pay- payment systems and what are your options for using third-party payment processors. Then we'll get into getting loans. That's going to be Article 6 and on how the system works and how to financially structure the business. And we're going to come back to this a couple times because it's going to be more than getting loans. It's how do you build the entire infrastructure of credit and cash. Uh, Article 7, which will be in Green Industry Pros in a couple months, is going to be on equipment and leasing. And it's going to answer the question, do I buy or lease? And do I buy, if I'm going to lease it, do I lease through commercial lenders or do I lease it from the manufacturer? Then the next article, Uh, Podcast number eight is going to be on taxes. How do you keep the government happy and structure the business to maximize, or excuse me, not maximize, uh, I could say maximize your return or minimize your tax burden. Article nine, podcast nine is going to be on insurance, the types and how to shop for coverage. Then article 10, show 10, podcast 10, is going to be on forecasting. And basically what we're going to do is we're going to pull together everything that we talked about so you can accurately forecast revenue and expenditures to bring the business under control, at least from a financial perspective. And then finally, we're going to close with something that is very different, and that is real numbers. What is a new model for how you really should be measuring your ROI? All right, so let's move ahead to today's show, and that is on budgeting. So let me move over to my show notes here, and let's take it from there. I'm not going to read from the article because you should have it in front of you, but I'm going to use it as an overview, okay? Given that I've already talked about what we've done up till now, this is a progressive system. We're building on top of it. So view this as 11 classes. If you were to go to the community college or a training seminar, here's 11 sessions. This is session four of the 11. When you look at budgeting, uh, and I'm going to do this as general information because I think at some point all of these are relevant I will indicate which one of these I think are more important right now for you, depending upon where you stand in the budgeting process. But there are four types of systems. One is traditional, which is creating for a period of time, let's say for a financial year, January through December, and it uses the previous year as a starting point. And I'll break this out with more detail in a second. Then there's zero-based, which is every year you start from scratch. What happened last year doesn't matter. You may use that uh, as an insight, but you basically start from scratch saying, what do we need now? Flexible is where you start making ongoing adjustments based upon your sales forecasting and, of course, then the impact that's going to have on production. How many service uh, people can put in the field? How many trucks do you need, equipment, et cetera? 
And then finally, the last one, which is uh, an interesting one, and I know a lot of landscape owners are doing this, but you can't go there first, you get here, not last, but later, is a rolling budget, where basically what you do is you take the long view, it's a lot like a traditional budget, except if you finished a month or a quarter, and I'm going to recommend a quarter, when you roll that off, you add then at the end of the budget another quarter, so you're looking at 12 months. So this should pose the question to you, which is the best for my landscape business? So here's my recommendations. Traditional or zero-based is typically where I would start. Now, the advantage of the traditional budget, as I said, is you use last year as a gauge. And so you look at it month to month. Then you look at those items based upon cost of living, inflation, etc., etc. You make some adjustments to it. But basically, you take that last year's numbers and you move it forward. Now, I can tell you right now, if you've got nothing in place and you are not a financial wizard, here's the place to start. Because one of the keys is that you'll get a payoff this year, but once you build a historical record, the payoff next year is going to be a huge dividend, and the year after, and the year after, and the year after. And so you need a baseline to start with, and if you have nothing, I would start with the traditional budget. And I will talk about how to do that here shortly. The zero-based budget is the system that the government uses. And don't let that discourage you. I spent time in the United States military and had a responsibility. At one time, I had a budget of close to $2 million to run my operation. So I understand how zero-based budgeting works. And the power of that is really simple, is what happened last year happened last year. Though you would use that information to provide you some insight on what you might need, the reality is you start every year fresh going, just because I spent X number of dollars on this, does not mean that I have to spend it this year. So you look at every item freshly and say, given this year's strategic plan, which we have not covered, uh, what do I now need? And I would find that you would start with either traditional zero-based. If you're good in numbers, got strong CPA or um, accounting support, zero-based uh, budget may be the other place to go. But these two are the foundations. Now, the flexible budget is fundamentally built on something. So you've either got a traditional budget or zero-based zero in place. And what happens here is that you begin to look at the dynamics of running the business. And so what you're going to do is you're going to be taking a look at your sales forecast, which, as an aside, if you don't have a CRM system that is managing your marketing and your sales, and you, have, you do not have a prescribed sales funnel, this gets difficult to do. Because what you're going to do is, based upon your forecast of what you have in your funnel and how much spend you're doing on marketing, whether that's doing uh, Google AdSense or regular advertisements or doing social media marketing, is that based upon historical numbers, you're saying if I spend X number of dollars on search engine, that's going to equal X number of dollars in terms of people into the sales funnel. And then what's the impact that's going to have on putting trucks in the field, people in the field, etc.? Do we need to buy new equipment? And so that is usually built on something. And so I would recommend you don't start with a flexible budget. You start with either traditional or zero-based. And finally, the last one is the rolling budget. Like I said, I have a lot of landscape clients that this is where they're at. And what the rolling budget is nothing more than if you're, if you're looking at your business monthly and you finished up, this is March, you finish up March budget, you roll March budget off, and then what you do is you put March budget on for next year. The deal here is that you always have a 12-year budget that you're looking at. It's not decreasing month to month to month to where when you get to October, you have three months left in the year. You still have 12 months, okay? 
And just like the flexible budget, the rolling budget needs to be built on something, okay? So, like I said, I would I would start with either traditional zero-based, dependent upon your comfortability with budgeting, your comfortability with numbers, and your relationship with your accountant, or probably the competence of your accountant. All right, so now the, the issue goes to how do I use it? And so I'm going to take you through some options, but I'm only going to talk about two of them, and I'm not going to define them a great deal. There's a master budget, which is basically everything. You've got it in there. Then there's the operating budget, which is running the business, which we're going to come back to. Then there's the financial budget, which may become important later on in the series when we talked about how to structure the, fi uh, the company financially. Uh, but I'm going to pass on that one for right now. There's a cash budget, which, like the operational budget, we're going to talk about because the criticality here for most small businesses, most slans most small landscape companies under $5 million is the management of cash flow. If you don't have a budget for doing it, managing it gets really difficult no matter how good you are with numbers. There's a labor budget, and that begins to take a look at larger organizations where you've got 50, 60 employees, and you're going to have to take a more uh, in-depth analysis of who you hire and what are all the costs involved in that. Then there's a capital budget, and the capital budget is for companies over $10 million or larger, well, it's the same thing, I guess. But the capital budget is if you're thinking about either going for angel investors, um, and that's people who are going to get in early, or you're looking for people who are going to be equity partners. In other words, you're looking for big outside dollars. A capital budget is something you're going to have to put together because that's what they're going to want to see. And then a variation of that is a strategic budget. So if you do a yearly business plan, you're going to put together a budget that's going to have some of these elements in it. Now, I've selected two out because this has been my experience with landscape companies as well as a number of the small businesses that I have started and run or small businesses that I have consulted with. Okay, now operating budget. This is dirt simple. I would say dirt ass simple, but I'm not supposed to swear. All right, I guess I just did, but since this is not on the airwaves, the FCC is not coming after me. This is nothing more than taking the statements or reports we discussed in Article 1. In Article 1, what we talked about, there are three critical statements or reports that every business owner needs to understand and get their arms around. One of them is the balance sheet, and the balance sheet is the month to month. You look at January and February, February, March, March, and April. This is where your account does the closeout, and typically by the 15th of the next month, you've got the balance sheet of what happened the month prior. So these are snapshots of time. The second one that you want to use here, where am I at? Oh, the profit and loss statement. Yeah, I was about to say the uh, cash flow statement, but that's for something else. Um, you want to use the profit and loss statement. And what the profit and loss statement is, describe how February turned into March. It's one of the two statements or reports that do that. And again, Article 1 in the Green Industry Pro series, we detail this out, so I'm not going to retrain that. But you take those two, and it's real simple. You get out a spreadsheet, all right? And what you do, and if you're familiar with reg, uh, spreadsheets, you have rows, which are things that go left to right, okay? Um, they're vertical across the spreadsheet. And then you have columns, which go up and down, um, or they are vertical, uh, not horizontal, on the spreadsheet. And what you would do is you would transfer from your balance sheet all of those items. You would just put every one of those items on there. Now, your software, if you're using something like QuickBooks or FreshBooks or Xero, uh, that's X-E-R-O, or some of the other uh, programs, they will produce a spreadsheet for you, so they'll kind of do this. But I want to talk about building your first one. And so you're going to basically, each month is going to have three columns. 
So you got all the items on there, and then you put in your 12 months, and each month gets three columns. And I'm talking about this now from the traditional standpoint. I'm going to put in for January of, of 2018 the numbers from 2018. Then for 2019, I'm going to put what my forecast is. In other words, how is this going to increase or decrease? These are decisions that you made when you put together your traditional budget. Then the third column goes to what actually occurred. How did we actually perform? Now, the beauty of this is it's going to allow you to answer questions that you typically have, and that is, how did we spend that much money? Typically, where it comes into is we didn't get the revenue that we thought we were going to get, and we spent more than we thought we were going to spend. This will detail it out in a way that you can begin to answer the question of how did that happen? So you can look at each line item and say, okay, we forecasted um, X number of dollars on this type of expense, but, at, but we actually spent this. How did that happen? And then what you can do is then you pull out your profit and loss statement and you can begin to take a look at, well, where did that occur? What are the things that we did that changed from the forecast? And so then what can happen is that when you take a look at the next month, you can adjust what you forecast for the following month. So every month will have last year's numbers on it for the month. It'll have what you forecast you're going to spend this month. And of course, in landscaping, uh, actually, because of seasons, you're not going to believe what I'm going to tell you this. It's actually easier than it is in a lot of other industries because your revenue is tied to the season. If you're north of the Mason-Dixon line, you know you're doing ice and snow removal for certain amounts, uh, months of the year. Then you got this, the spring um, stuff that you got to do that's about getting grounds ready, and it's probably going to be fertilized. It's going to be working with the, with the owners, whether it's commercial or uh, residential, to prepare the property, do the seeding, do the weeding, and all the things that need to be done so that in the summer, you're pretty much in a maintenance function. And then come into the fall, you're doing cleanups and getting the property ready for the winter, as well as getting ready to gear up for the snow and ice season. If you're down south, especially if you're someplace around Atlanta or further south, then you're almost looking at a 12-month year. But you know from your seasons how basically you can forecast those numbers. So it, an operating budget is nothing more than taking all the line items from the balance sheet, and then for each month of the year, having three columns, last year's numbers, what you forecast you're going to do this month, and then what actually occurs. And then you can engage, you can either look at the numbers yourself, pull out your profit and loss statement and look at it and begin to determine it. All right. Now, what's the payoff? The payoff is nothing more than you're going to have data to answer questions. You're not going to have to go digging through stuff to go find it. Now, the cash budget is the other one I recommend because in your early stages of growth as a business, this is absolutely critical. And so here what you're going to do is that you're going to use the monthly cash flow statement. And the reason that you're, the profit and loss and cash flow statements describe the same thing, but they describe it differently. So, for example, um, something that you would lease and you bring in as an asset shows up differently um, in a profit and loss statement than it does uh, for cash flow statements. And that has to do with accounting rules. Uh, all the accounting rules in the United States are managed by the FSAB, and the uh, financial, oh no, FASB, Financial Accounting Standards Board. You can't deviate from that, and that's why you have an accountant or a CPA. Or if you're larger, you have a chief financial officer or a comptroller. You have to follow those rules. And so sometimes 
The numbers you get are deceptive. They're not inaccurate. They're simply deceptive because of how you have to account for stuff. So that's the power of the cash flow statement is it looks at the same numbers totally different. Now, anybody here who has fooled around with Excel, um, I use both Google Sheets. I also use Calc and LibreOffice, and those two are basically free programs. It doesn't matter. Spreadsheets are spreadsheets. My recommendation is that when you put your spreadsheet together, you create three sheets in there. The first one we're going to over, we're going to pass over right now, and in a later podcast I'll talk about how to build a master sheet that collects data. So the first one just pass over. Um, the second one you're gonna you're going to name it the operational budget, and we talked about how to do that. The third one you're going to name the cash budget. And you're going to take all the items from the cash flow statement, and you're going to do exactly the same thing. You're going to list all those items in the rows that you are accounting for. And then you're going to have, for each month of the year, you're going to have three columns for each one of those months. And you're going to have last year's numbers for that month. You're going to have your forecast for this year. And then you're going to have the actual. And my guarantee to you is this. If you do that, if you start maintaining it, you will... Not only will you answer the questions that you had before that perhaps didn't have a definitive answer, you kind of had an answer, but not, you couldn't say absolutely, you're going to have a lot clearer statement. And the power, especially on the, on the cash one, is really getting the management of cash flow down. The numbers are going to be there, and making the decision of what to do is going to be a whole lot easier. Hopefully, what I've done is I've made this sound as simple as it really is. Uh, the commitment, the issue really is going to be finding the time commitment. Now, I can only tell you as a small business owner myself, uh, I'm not sure our company qualifies as a small business anymore, but you know, let, let's say for IRS purposes it does. Uh, what do I do on Saturday mornings? This is what I do on Saturday mornings. I collect all the numbers, I put them in there, and then I take a look at it and I try to make decisions on where we stand based on the forecast. So I don't wait till the end of the month I do this weekly, and the reason for that, again, is if you wait for the accountant to deliver the information, it is typically at least the first or second week of the following month, and now all you have is a rearview mirror picture of what happened, and it's one of those, you know, you know, hell, if I knew that then, I wouldn't have done that, and that's one of the dangers of looking at the financial statements as they, as they come from the accountant. You need to be tracking this on your own. If you got an accountant, you got a CPA, they can set this up for you. In fact, they could do this for you. The challenge you're going to be is, unless you want to pay them more, they're probably not going to want to do this weekly. So that's my recommendation. If you got any questions on that, it's, it's pretty simple. The way that you can get a hold of us, our number is Are You Green? Are You Green? Or, more conventionally said, 833 784 7336. That's 833-784-7366. Or you can reach me personally at Green um, Greenmark Coaching at Gmail. Greenmark Coaching at Gmail. And we use the Gmail platform because everything that we do is inside of Google. So with that, I greatly appreciate you listening to the show. If you've got any questions, you've got two ways to contact us. And let's uh, continue the dialogue. Looking forward to uh, catching you next time as we move on to the next Take care.